Good morning. We are so glad to be here with you. Thank you for joining us. I'm Sarah. This is Micah. We're the lead pastors at the Vine Church here in the Tri-Cities, and we are just excited uh, for this new season that is upon us. Yesterday, we got to get together with some people and, and have a work party at our building, and we're so excited for the progress being made there. We're looking forward to small groups continuing this month. We have a youth group event this week, and then hopefully by the end of the month, we'll get to meet in person um, very safely. We're going to put a lot of COVID precautions in place, but we're excited to finally get together. Yes, absolutely. So uh, it's been a wild season and there's been a lot of ups and downs, uh, a lot of excitement and a lot of challenge. For instance, um, this last week I did a memorial service for uh, kind of one of my spiritual mentors when I was young. And uh, his name was Ken Bales, and I got to tell his family uh, this story about him. Um, when I was a college student, Ken was a leader in our church, and he taught a Bible class for the young adults. And I uh, remember that not many people liked Ken Ken's class. Now, why would you say this yeah, at his memorial service? <laughs> there was a reason people didn't like his class. It's because... Uh, there's not a single statement that you could make that Ken couldn't poke a hole in or argue in some way, and he really took pride in doing so. And I, for one, though, loved mm -hmm. his class. Ken taught me to challenge anything and everything. Uh, Ken taught me to question my preconceived notion, to challenge my long-standing understandings, and it was incredibly formative in my faith and my journey. And today, as we conclude the book of Acts, we're going to be talking about a man named Paul who brought similar challenges to whole communities, to thousands, tens of thousands of people heard Paul speak and challenge all those preconceived notions. So we've been in the book of Acts for the last couple of months here. And Acts is a narrative of how the Holy Spirit empowered the church to spread the gospel, spread the good news of Jesus. And it begins with Pentecost, with the Holy Spirit filling the believers. And it continues. The first part of Acts is more the story of the early church in Jerusalem and what that was like. And then the second part of Acts focuses on two key figures, two key leaders in the church, and that's Peter, whom we've talked some about, and uh, also Paul. And so today we're going to focus on Paul. We're just going to look take look at his whole life. We're going to do an overview of Paul's life. Yeah. Now, Paul was a Pharisee, and if you remember the story of Jesus, you remember that Jesus and the Pharisees almost always stood in opposition. And so Paul was a very legalistic Pharisee. Uh, the Pharisees were both the religious and the, um, and the civic leaders there in Israel at the time. And yet their legalism uh, had caused them in the eyes of Jesus um, to lose sight for God's mission and his plan and the very purpose for them being in the roles that they were. Um, so they stood in opposition to Jesus, and shortly after Jesus' resurrection and the church was beginning and thriving in Israel, the Pharisees began to try to stamp out this new movement of Christians, believers in Jesus. And Paul was at the forefront of this movement to stamp out Christianity. 
He was traveling from city to city, uh, arresting and even executing some of the followers of Jesus. That is until Jesus met him on the road. He's traveling towards a town called Damascus, and Jesus meets him on the road. He's blinded. He has this earth-shattering, life-changing experience, and he changes his tone and his way of being. Mm-hmm. And so from that moment on, his life is just changed completely. And he begins to travel around preaching um, this Jesus whom he had been trying to uh, oppose. He begins preaching about Jesus as the risen Savior. And so there's lots of stories in Acts that we could go to. I'll just highlight a few. In- In Acts 16, we read of Paul going to Philippi, and as was his custom on the Sabbath, he would go and he would speak to the people gathered in prayer. And so he, in Philippi, he went to the river where there were many people gathered to pray, and he spoke of Jesus, this risen Savior, the long-awaited Messiah who had come. And many people believed, including Lydia, who was this prominent businesswoman in Philippi. And she opened up her home and a a home church started meeting there in her home. And then in Acts 17 in Berea, when Paul goes there, scripture tells us that they were so excited to hear what Paul had to say, that they examined the scriptures every single day to see if what he said was true. And again, many people believed, both Jews and Gentiles, Jews and Greeks, men and women believed in, in after hearing Paul. Have you ever had one of those moments in life where your eyes are open, where everything you had understood in the past just is wiped away as you realize that new thing. And this is happening over and over in the lives of people. Paul is convincingly explaining to them there is a culmination to the story, the story that they had always known of God choosing the Israelite people and God's going to bless them so that they can bless the world. Yet here they find themselves in exile or they find themselves a vassal state under Rome. And, and, and so they've lost vision for the story of what God is doing in this moment. And then comes Jesus. And Paul gets to explain to them. And then comes Jesus, the culmination of this promise, God bringing blessing to the world through Israel. You are living in this moment in which God is fulfilling his promises. And people come to believe, come to understand. But not everyone has that same response, that response of, wow, this is beautiful and amazing, and I want to be a part of it. Uh, In fact, in many of the towns and places that Paul traveled, uh, he was rejected. In fact, there in Philippi, where Sarah had Mm -hmm. mentioned uh, a a church beginning, uh, shortly after, he's arrested and uh, driven out of town. Uh, In other places, there are riots. and, And what's amazing to me about Paul is that regardless of the response or the consequence, uh, he is going to preach. He is going to share this good news with people. And he really did. He suffered a great deal because he chose to preach Jesus. Um, you know, when's the last time you suffered a great deal? For me, it was this last week. Um, I was at the church building, and all of a sudden the Internet went out. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what I'm, do I do? I don't know how to live. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a sufficient story when it okay. comes to suffering. However, we did learn that you cannot work without the internet. That's, 
That's no totally true. You know, we have a hard time suffering. We try to avoid suffering at all costs. Paul was not like that. In fact, he wrote a list of the hardships he had experienced in 2 Corinthians. And I just want to read it to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, starting in verse 24, he writes, Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stone. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've constantly been on the move. I've been in danger from rivers and from bandits and my fellow Jews and from Gentiles. In danger in the cities, in the country, at sea, in danger from false believers. And he goes on and on talking about nights without sleep wow. and without food. It just goes on and on. And I'm amazed as I read through this list um, how he continued. I'm amazed that even when it was so dangerous, he continued to preach Jesus. And it makes me ask, what was it? Mm -hmm. that motivated him well first paul was being led by the holy spirit and often in a very direct way mm -hmm. um, in acts chapter 13 the church leaders are together and praying and the holy spirit says to their gathering it's time to send paul out so his uh, the very beginning of his missionary journeys was born of the spirit saying Okay, go. Uh, and it continues that way. For instance, in Acts chapter 16, um, Paul describes how the Holy Spirit told me, no, don't go to that city, but go to another. I mean, the Holy Spirit is guiding him throughout this process. And I think Acts chapter 20, verse 22 is really interesting. And now compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my, my life worth nothing. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task mm. the Lord has given me. Paul shows some pretty amazing character. Um, first of all, in the willingness to be led by the Spirit. And this is something that I think is, is challenging sometimes in our life um, for a number of reasons. Sometimes we have not heard that clear call from the Spirit, that we've not hear, heard the clear voice of God saying, do this or go there. And in those times, we find ourselves on our knees uh, in the presence of God, in, in prayer and asking and waiting upon his calling. Uh, but secondly, Paul's really a powerful character because uh, he's willing to go uh, mm. regardless of the consequences. And I think there's something to be learned from uh, his confidence, from his willingness to go. Absolutely. I can't help but think as I listen to you speaking there, am I willing? Am I willing? Am I available to God in the same way? Paul later writes a letter to the Christians in Rome. And in Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 3, he writes this about um, hardships and troubles. He says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly um, God loves us, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And I love that last line. We know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit. You know, 
we often give gifts to people that we love to express how much we we love them and the gift that god has given us is his very presence the holy spirit um, walking with us living inside of us and here paul says that i have we know the love of god because his holy spirit his presence goes with us and he describes how this love of god this presence um, provides endurance and strength and hope and i think this is part of what helped motivate him through those really hard times yeah so as paul is sent out by the spirit led by the spirit to go to all these places he becomes known as the apostle to the jews and the gentiles now that's kind of an interesting title because you would expect the first century leaders to be one of those 12 apostles that walked with jesus paul's in a encounter with jesus was a little bit different but he came to be known as an apostle um, to the Gentiles. Yeah, to the Gentiles and to the Jews, mm-hmm. right? So to both, which is a very interesting distinction. Remember a few weeks ago, we talked about the shift from Jewish Christianity mm-hmm. to now a global movement, a movement that is expanding far beyond the borders of Israel. And so, you know, how is it that Paul gets placed in this position of both an apostle to the Jews and to the Gentiles. Well, he has a very unique skill set or life experience that's brought him to this point. You, you remember he was a Pharisee. He knew the legalism of uh, of, of his um, Jewish faith, and he also knew the freedom that came in Jesus. I mean, he made this transition once from his legalism into a movement of freedom. He's made this movement from once segregated uh, amongst his own people, uh, but now experiencing unity and equity amongst many nations. Can you imagine the life change? experience it would be to, to, to be Paul in this moment, to have seen what was and then to catch a glimpse of the kingdom of God and to say, now this changes everything. You know, this is an experience that I hope isn't uh, exclusive to Paul, but is our experience that we look out at the world around us or we think about the way we've experienced faith in the past. And it's not that we need to condemn everything or everyone that was, but that we get to say, wait, the kingdom of God looks like something different. And, and that we live into that, like, like Paul is living into that. We really see how Jesus was the unifying force um, in the church, in, in the early church, as people started coming together who would never have before even considered um, coming together in community or, or living life together. The church crossed gender boundaries and um, ethnic and cultural and language barriers. They, they came together in a way that had never um, been seen before now was it perfect absolutely not we see that all over all over the letters that you know there were it was a work in progress as we are now but paul describes the church as in in first corinthians 12 as one body with many parts and and the parts look different and that's okay but we can still be one body and in a time when there's much division both in the world and within the church itself this gives me great hope because jesus really is the unifying 
force. <clears throat> Jesus unifies communities. Now, I want to be quick to add, as I say that, that Jesus unifies us. Quick to add that as followers of Jesus, we have a great responsibility to do our part in this unifying and reconciling work of Jesus. We don't get to just come and play the Jesus card and say, hey, okay, now we all have Jesus. We're all unified and ignore all the divisions and, and the hard things that are happening right now. We come to community. We come to the church with a posture of Jesus in gentleness and in humbleness and in love. And we work hard to honor each other and to love each other and to to recognize and to lift up the beautifully diverse image of God that we Mm. see in each created person. This is what it looks like to live into the kingdom of God on earth. Absolutely. So today, as we conclude our time in the book of Acts, um, and as we kind of compile all the final chapters of Acts mm-hmm. that are Paul and others on this these missionary journeys, um, uh, we recognize that the book of Acts ends a little bit strangely. Uh, in, in Acts chapter 28, the final chapter there, it tells of Paul spending two years under house arrest. Uh, he's he's been arrested and he's not in a jail cell. He's in a home, but um, he's not allowed to leave that home and his communication is, is limited with people. And that's the end of the story. Like there's no conclusion. We don't hear what happens to Paul and we don't hear mm-hmm. what happens in the church after this, right? It just ends in such an ambiguous way. And while that might seem a little bit strange, I also think it's a very, very mm-hmm. fitting ending to the story of Acts because in fact, the story has not ended. The story of the church has not ended. 2,000 years later, we continue to be led by the Holy Spirit. 2,000 years later, we continue to bring good news into new neighborhoods, new towns, new communities. We continue to play these roles. And so the story of God that, you know, reach, reaches this climactic moment as the Holy Spirit comes, the church begins, and then the church begins to open up into all the world. A climactic moment has happened, but it, it hasn't ended, right? <laughs> There's not an end yet in that Jesus has not come again. We, the church, get to live into the continued story of God's work in this world. So how do we do that? How do we live into this continuing story of the Holy Spirit working through people, imperfect people, to spread um, the good news of Jesus? I think, first of all, we allow ourselves to be led by the Holy Spirit. And we have talked a whole lot about the Holy Spirit here in this series in the book of Acts. And and it bears repetition, like it's worthy of that, that we allow ourselves to be open to God's leading, to, to his spirit nudging us and guiding us and our opening our eyes to see where the spirit is working, already working in our neighborhoods, in our communities, that we might join the spirit where the spirit is already working, that we might learn to listen and to follow and to also be faithful when things get challenging. And we definitely see that through the life of Paul, that our suffering or the hardships that we encounter um, don't don't take priority 
over what God is doing, that our focus is on the mission of God and joining God, this greater story of bringing new life to the world and and reconciliation and restoration, that needs to be the forefront of our minds. So as the story of dad continues to be written through the church and in this world, uh, we're invited to be um, the those that bear the good news, those that mm-hmm. share the good news, those that share our faith, what God has done in our lives, and share this message. Jesus has come to bring equity, opportunity, hope into the life of this world, and that mm-hmm. God's kingdom is coming into this world, that where we see brokenness, God's kingdom is coming to bring healing. And we as the church get to and need to participate in that healing and in that bringing of the kingdom of God on earth. I invite you to pray with me today. Creator God, we thank you for your love and your mercy. We thank you, Jesus, our risen Savior. We thank you, Holy Spirit, God's constant presence in our life. Holy Spirit, speak We ask that you would speak to us. Please share your heart with us and may you find us listening, your church listening to your words. We are here and we are available, Lord, to do your work. Please use us and work through us. Show us, God, what you are doing and enable us to do it with you. May our words and actions reflect your heart of love in our community. Teach us, Lord, to continually continually live into your kingdom with a deeper love for you and a deeper love for our neighbors. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So each week we've been leaving you with the song, um, and this week we have a song by a band called We the Kingdom, a very fitting name (laughs) for a band. Uh, The song is called God So Loved, and it's a story, it's a song about um, the good news, the gospel. Uh, God loved the world and he has invited all people. So if you choose to, uh, click on the link uh, there in the in the comments feed and um, listen to that song. We hope that you find blessing in it. Have a great week. Bye.